another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. And joining me, of course, is my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt, and you can follow us on Twitter as well at Horizon RT, and follow us on the website at HorizonRoundtable.com, and be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. And Matt, um, we're still promising Tony Paul from the Detroit News. He theoretically will be coming in later on in the podcast, so... Maybe uh, sort of. Tony, where are you? <laughs> I have the utmost comment. Don't... We'll we'll get him on here. Don't worry. We'll, we'll you won't be able to miss it, and you know we'll 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 get him on. He, he, Whether it's today or next, an episode soon, we'll definitely catch up with Tony Paul. Yes. So, um, but another yet another busy week in the Horizon League, and that's not even talking about the the preseason poll that came out or the preseason play uh, preseason all league teams. Which look, uh, especially the preseason all league team looks strikingly similar. We'll talk about that a little bit later. However, all of that information, all of those things, take a backseat to what happened later on in the week. And it, this is this is why we need to take give this COVID shit tr- seriously. This is the reason right here. Earlier this week. Greg Campy, Oakland's head coach, not just him, but the women's head coach, Jeff Tungate, both of them tested positive for COVID, and now they're both in quarantine right now. And practice for both those teams has shut down for obvious reasons. You know, the protocol, I believe, is, what, two weeks, uh, 14 days uh, for contact tracing and all that good stuff? I believe so. Yeah. I, uh, so that's what, that is I, what's going down in Oakland right now. And by the way, I know you were at practice. Have you been contacted for contact tracing yet? Matt? I have. I have not gotten a call on contact tracing. I'll, I'll, I will say that um, it has not come up. Um, I I was at practice about a week and a half ago from today, so um, probably right in that that sweet spot. Um, I did talk to Coach Campy that day. Um, there was there was a lot of protocols in place. I will say that at practice, and I, I can talk a little bit more about what I saw from a COVID standpoint too while I was there, but. Um, I, I did talk to Coach Campy that day. There was a fist bump involved. Um, otherwise, we talked from six feet. Um, but I remember distinctly uh, using the bathroom and washing my hands uh, before I left, right after practice. So that made me feel a little better. Um, and you, I'm assuming you were obviously wearing a mask. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was masked the whole time. Um, Campy exactly. did have a face shield on um, during our conversation. Um, so, the, so yeah, the face shields are a weird thing because, you know, um, because I know that, you know, while they also are good for, you know, to prevent the spread, there's this big issue with if you breathe too hard, it gets all foggy. So I I, I, I can see the, you know, I can see the, the reasoning behind it. But, yeah, that the foggy thing would just bug the shit out of me. <laughs> well, and so before that practice, um, going back to a few days before incidentally, that. Incidentally, I should point out that I also have a problem with the mask and my glasses fogging up, too. So, I mean, I'm just... I'm, I'm SOL either way. Um, there can't be was if you go back to the campy radio show. So you know, I'm sure Neil Rule, if he doesn't have it, is just testing daily because they sat next to each other at the campy show. Then they uh-huh. sat next together when they did um, the uh, scrimmage, the black and gold game that was on ESPN Plus. Oh, okay. Um, and you know, Campy and Tungate did sit next to each other at that. You know, I'm sure they share a ton of space anyway. Um, so. I, it's unfortunate. I hope both of them um, stay healthy. Uh, it sounds like they're both just seeing mild symptoms. I saw something, you know, can't be keeping his usual can't be sense of humor about it, about 
how he just can't taste his diet Dr. Pepper right now, but otherwise he's doing pretty well. It sounds like so. Hopefully that. that oh man, yeah, that that's kind of yeah, that's gonna. I don't know, man. That that the, the loss of taste and smell. I know that would mess me up, and I know you know as it can't be as a as a as a doctor diet Dr. Pepper and uh, food connoisseur. It, this has got to be killing him right now. Well, and um, yeah, I mean, it, it all sucks. And I, I will tell you, when I was at practice, um, the, camp, the last thing Campy told his players when I was there um, was getting into Halloween. He told them that they had three jobs, and their jobs were to go, go to school, play basketball, and stay away from everybody else. And he might have used more colorful words, but more or less, that was what he was telling them. He, he, th- he offered to bring them all candy if that's what they needed so that, you know, they didn't try to go trick-or-treating or party or, or any of that, like, so he was t- reminding his players to take it seriously. Now, does Campy? Um, I, I would like to hope so, but I, I can't tell you that he does either. I, I I'm just gonna say I don't know. Um, well, he got it, so whatever he was doing wasn't working. So, but yeah, yeah I mean, but it's it's tough. It's it, I I personally feel like it's just like all around us right now more than ever, and uh, you know, and it's unfortunate they got it. And I again, I hope everyone's okay. I hope that both both teams are able to you know close down everything, get everybody healthy, whatever, and still start the season on, on time. Uh, you know, I think Oakland's supposed to start in 17 days from now. Yeah. And they're and, that but, first game. But it, yeah, they're the very first game. They're supposed to be playing. Uh, they're supposed to be playing Xavier on, uh, on, on the afternoon of the 25th. It's going to be what on Fox sports one. I mean, it's literally the first game of the 2020, 2021 season. So, um, I as as bad as it is, as bad as you know this news is at the moment. I mean, it it may actually be a blessing in disguise because you know at least they you know at least it this happened early enough. But it does bring up a question though, you know, it, and I don't know if anybody has exactly that good an answer at this point, and I don't think anybody's going to be able to have that good an answer. Is you know what happens if a team has this problem? during the season and again uh, the other question that i do have also is from a league standpoint from a conference standpoint and i know they've had this conversation about this because you know this is why they set the 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 schedule up the way they did is what protocols have they put together from in a conference level that supersede whatever's going on on the institutional level, because I'll be honest with you, if you look around the league right now, the it seems to me like the protocols before the conference schedule came out, before what they put together put together, it seems to me it's been kind of all over the map. I mean, there has been an emphasis, obviously, on masks and social distancing, but beyond that. I, I don't really, I don't really know. It seems mm-hmm. to me like it's there's there's a little bit of a transparency issue depending upon the school that you're referring to. Um, Cleveland State is actually a perfect example of they got they're just they don't care. They're talking to everybody about what they're doing. They, they leave absolutely no doubt of, okay, this is what, what we have in place. This is what we are doing. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, Terry Pluto from Cleveland.com had a column about the situation at Cleveland State and Dennis Gates and the COVID situation and all of that stuff and how they have put together a strategy to make sure that nobody, not just within the players, but within the staff, that nobody has 
tested positive at all. Well, what and we really learned from that article is that uh, Dennis Gates is a germaphobe. He is a and I don't blame him. Oh, no, it's and a great I, thing. I just didn't know I, Well, I don't blame not, not only that, but Cleveland State also, I think, in terms of the rest of the conference, might have gotten a leg up on everybody else. And that's only and and I hate to say this because but I think it has a lot not a lot to do. I mean, not just because of their partnerships with the, the medical community within the city of Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland State has uh, one of the one of Ohio's medical schools sitting right on campus, at least a branch of it, but also the exp- what they had to experience when the women's co- women's basketball coach, Chris Kilsmeyer got it and what they had, to, what not only he had to endure, but the rest of the team had to endure in terms of being in quarantine during that whole ordeal. And they clearly saw that and said, we need to be careful this is some serious shit. We need to have a plan to put together and put it in place. And that's, and near as I can tell, not only that's not only just, that's not only what they did, but that's also, a. I think to me, at least that's a blueprint for the rest of the league. Now, whether or not everybody's doing that or not is unclear to me because I don't know really how everybody's dealing with it on a, on a team by team basis. But I know that's for sure how Cleveland state, not just, again, not just men's basketball wide, but department wide is dealing with the situation. Well, and that's and, what we're, you know, we're we're seeing so much discrepancy team to team, and and, and it's hard, you know, where does the Horizon League, you know, how how far do they go as far as deciding what somebody has to do, you know, like, yes. it, but we did see with the Horizon League's announcements announcement on Thursday, whatever that was, when I know we're going to talk about it, the rest of that, but. It was kind of buried in there that um, it sounds like no Horizon team will have fans through December at least. Yes, from that the, is correct. That was from the league. That and is that, correct. You know, that that was news because that's at the time you know we had Fort Wayne, Detroit Mercy, and Northern Kentucky had already said we're just not going to have fans, but we we didn't really know what everyone else's plans are. Last I heard, Oakland is planning to have fans. Yeah. But you know so now we know at least for league games in December there will be no fans. That's right. Um, and that is that was again that is a a league mandate that is what the horizon league they got together with the this ad hoc committee they put together specifically related to covid and this is what they came up with so and as far as the league is concerned as far as the league is concerned there will be no fans at, at any of the horizon league games in december now this is just in house um, it appears that they left the remainder, the non-conference part of the schedule, up to the discretion of the individual schools. It looks like. Now I don't know if this is going to be something that is going to be universal. I don't know if, for example, while Northern Kentucky and Detroit Mercy say, "Hey, we're not going to have any fans in December." Does that apply for the rest of the schools? Does that apply to the non-conference games that they play? And I don't know the answer to that. I assume that there nobody's going to have any fans from the start of the season till the end of the year, and then we revisit it at the beginning of the year. But I truly don't know if that's the case. 
And that's just it. There's just so many unknowns. And that's what, you know, we've been talking about that. And, you know, we're starting to get some idea, some shape. But every time we take, it's like you take two steps forward and take two steps back. Like, okay, this is happening. Cool. Oh, nope, never mind. That's, you know, and we're seeing that with teams all across the nation with these uh, MPEs, you know. And, okay, we're doing this tournament. Uh, never mind, we're not doing this tournament. We're going to do this tournament. Uh, no, actually, it turns out because of state laws, we can't do that tournament. Okay, then what can we do? Like, things are changing all the time. We're just... You kind of have to flow with it, I guess. More than li- I mean, more than likely, I mean, if anything, we are we know for sure that we're gonna have conference games starting on December nineteenth. For now. We, for now. I mean, the way they have this set up in place at the moment, as it stands, uh, starting on the nineteenth, I believe they're going to be doing Saturday Sun. Uh, they're going to be doing Saturday Sunday games, and then starting at the beginning of twenty twenty one, they're going to be playing on Fridays and Saturdays. And oh, by the way, because they're doing it that way, I guess we can also announce the fact that we're bringing back Horizon Game Night. <laughs> Yay! Um, maybe we have we have new people. Robert Morris, Fort Wayne. All what what is Horizon Game Night? Oh, good. I can't remember what it is myself. <laughs> No, I we we tried the we tried this once during the beginning of the season uh, during last season. Um, so what we intended to do and what we intend to do this season is it's going to be a live recap show for the Horizon League games. So we are going to have that on our website. It's going to be horizonroundtable.com/slash/game-night. And you will also be able to listen to it on the Mixler app. As far as I know, that's the app we're going to be using next year. I haven't decided if we're going to be using something else, but that's what it is tentative. So you don't want to miss that. Else, that's the plan. We'll see what really happens. That is that is the plan. You know, so that that's what we're planning to do. And I fully intend to have a mix of all of our uh, all of all of our Horizon Roundtable personalities that I'm calling them now. Uh, joining us personality. I, it seems like we, it seems like we do. We're on I'm the go- bird. Hey, hey, personality is what drove us for the first couple years. I'm, you know, <laughs> hey, Jimmy, <laughs> just because, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> hey, that's what we do. So, um, so yeah, so December 19th, that's the plan, uh, both on the, the, her, uh, that, Conference has their plan. We have our plan. Here's the... I, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's going to probably drive me crazy for 10 weeks, but, you know, bear with us. I'm excited about it. I just got to figure out all the technical stuff. <laughs> just yeah, like I nice did last is, time. The nice thing is we've got a really nice conference shaping up. You know, we've got two new fan bases that have been really great so far. I think most of the other fan bases are... are, are you know, doing what they're supposed to do. I saw I saw IUPUI student section go after the Grizz gang the other day, which is, you know, a little ni- nice to see these kinds of things. You know, people just kind of waking up and, you know, trying to ignore everything going around us. And let's let's play basketball, hopefully, yeah. maybe, if we can keep everyone healthy and safe. Like, I'm actually I like that, glad so. you brought that up because that the challenge for this season, especially, and I assume this is, they're going to not have any fans all season. I'm not thinking they're going to flip the calendar to 2021. Somehow things are going to magically change overnight, which I don't think I they thought are. this all goes away. Right. Isn't that what everyone was? T- anyway, sorry. Nope. Not going there. Wow. No, no, no. Come on. Let's be realistic here. The 
but because you don't have any fans in the stands and I don't want to call out any particular school in at all, but this may be your, your resting pulse as it is not going to go in and mention any names. Cause I mean, let's be honest. You, you'd have to ask me, could you be more specific? The challenge becomes how do you get everybody engaged? How are you going to engage your fan base this season? And I think that's going to be the key because you're not going to be, obviously you're not going to be able to engage your fans at the games this season. That inner, that fan experience within the arena by all intents and purposes is going to not be there. So the challenge becomes, especially with the horizon league where fan engagement is paramount and also pretty erratic if you look at all of the teams in the league. The challenge becomes, if they're not in the stands, how do you engage them? Well, and you're absolutely right, and that's where I think we're going to see, you know, which departments, you know, despite the fact that many departments are facing budget struggles and lack of staff and all this, which, you know, which departments and which schools are ready to rise to the occasion and make something happen. You know, we did see... Oakland put their scrimmage on ESPN plus on a night with no sports. Yes. That was great marketing. You know, Absolutely. Who, who's going to, is, is Wright state going to be able to find a way to get the, the, you know, the Raider faithful and light up that arena in different ways and still create a great environment for their players and keep students engaged. I, I don't know. You know, is, is Northern Kentucky going to find a way to, tr- you know, channel the Norse we're going to see, but it's going to be up to each department to, to kind of figure it out and find what works. You know, we saw with the NBA bubble, we saw the screens with fans and things. That was pretty cool, yeah. but is that budget conscious for a school? I doubt it, but who knows? You no. know, who knows what someone's going to pull out? I will point out that, at least in the case of Purdue Fort Wayne, they have a plan in place to do something like that in terms of Zoom watch parties or things like that. So that may be a thing that we can look forward to at other schools, if not league-wide. And, again, considering the situation, that may be the best moving the best move forward. Now, again, the concern is, is that going to be, from a revenue standpoint, everybody's going to be taking a bath this season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not like a bunch of schools weren't already taking a bath anyway, but... They're gonna. It's gonna especially hurt this season. And thing, the the challenge then becomes: okay, we can't do things in person. Let's think about some of the the virtual things that we can do to make sure that fans are engaged. And not just the fans. I might add, you're you're looking at a situation where even members of the media are going to be not necessarily able to go to this games either. And the pros game press conferences are going to be via zoom as well. So not only do you have, not only do schools have the challenge of engaging fans, but now these schools have a challenge of how do you exactly get the media to engage as well? Because if we're being honest, there are, there are Metro air, there are, markets with media markets within the horizon league that are challenging where 
the school, the Horizon League schools, specifically like in Cleveland or in Chicago or in Indianapolis, where they're not the only game in town. How do you engage those? How do you engage those members of the media? Or is it going to be easier for a media member to multitask? That's a good question. I think they should just put them. And in by the, the way, this is actually, and by the incidentally, this is a question we have to ask. I believe we've asked ourselves internally too. By the way, absolutely. Um, uh, which is cool because you know, if we're being honest, you know, hey, hey, Horizon League, we're here. We're you know, we're available. We'll be there with bells on. <laughs> Like I said, I mean, I, as much as I joke about it, you know, I really would lock into a bubble, you know, like or or find ways to, get, you know, if if I need to test to get in to cover a game or you yeah. know or cover a bunch of games, let's do it. Yeah, cool. I'm in. The Matt, the bubble boy, he's he's coming for y'all. <laughs> I just, I you know, but part of it is I think we could you know help create something from a fan perspective and within the league to keep fans engaged. We do, ha- yeah. we have great fan engagement for the league and in the, the league's fans. Yeah. And I think we're going to continue to grow that with Robert Morris fans. You know, we, we see our interactions with them, you know, and we've made some really good inroads. And so, you know what, maybe we can help bridge that gap and create the fan environment and, and, and figure out a way to, to make this happen for everybody. And it helps us. It helps the Horizon League. It helps the fans yeah. keep engaged. You know, there's options. Yeah, it's weird. It's messed up to say this, but it's also we're we as in the horizon round table is probably the best position to do this for reasons that I am never going to be able to li- understand until I live to be a hundred, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> and I think it is advantageous and you'll, you've seen it. Everybody who has listened to this podcast, anybody who has visited our website knows what we're all about and knows what we are trying to do. And no one who's even seen the tweets and they do. Yeah. Exactly. We, we, have, we have followers that, you know, maybe don't even listen to an episode. Don't stop by the website, but they're, they're in tune to what we're doing and what's going on within the league through our Twitter. All exactly. of our. And by the way, this goes back. And again, this goes back to the question of what we are. You know, are we are we just a fan podcast? No, we're not anymore. Well, I mean, so here, that's how we start. That's how we started. But well, no, I mean, look at look at preview week. Do you see a fan site doing that right now? No. I was going to help make the transition here. I was going to say, do you think anybody that actually voted for the uh, preseason awards and all that followed what we all what we've been saying and doing? Excellent question. Um, and we'll get that. We'll actually get to that. Just uh, that's going to be our next topic. But I want to before I before we get to that, I wanted to I want to talk about this because you know we we've we've talked about this brief we talked about this briefly the la- uh, a couple episodes ago. But I did want to kind of reinforce this. Because we are at a transition, we have been at a transitional point with the Horizon Roundtable, and we're we are now at a point where we are well, we are poised to to cover the league in ways others cannot, and I know we are. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of work, so we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to work out our sponsorship deals and whatever, but. You didn't like my sponsorship idea. Uh, we're not talking about that ever, 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 ever. <laughs> All right. Ever. Huh? Not happening. We're a family show, damn it. <laughs> but moving forward, now that we are at a point where we can now talk about the – because the Horizon League has 
posted their preseason rankings. Thank you, by the way, guys, for waiting a week for us to post our stuff on preview week, and then you guys do it. Thank you, Horizon League. Did us a solid. Really appreciate it. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of stuff happened uh, on Wednesday, moving last Wednesday, starting last Wednesday, moving forward. Wednesday, they posted the we they the Horizon League finally published the conference schedule, as we alluded to before. And I, I for you know, this is where the concept of time escapes me because I thought for sure we talked about this last episode, and we certainly didn't because it didn't exist. Um, I have no concept of time anymore. I don't know if you noticed. Nor does anybody else in 2020 anymore. What What is time? It's what fine. is time? Time is relative. But on Wednesday, the Horizon League posted their schedule, and the format is this: it starts on the 19th. It starts on December 19th. It's going to be back-to-back games at uh, at individual. It's going to be back-to-back games at a specific school site. There are going to be five home games on the uh, five home game, five road games for each team. There's going to be uh, there's a whole group of teams. There, you're only going to get. It's going to go on for ten weeks, so there's going to be that eleventh game, the eleventh team that nobody's going to face. I want to know how they decided that. That I actually really like the schedule. I like what they've done with it. I just want to know how they decided which team yeah. you wouldn't face. That's a good question, and I I mean. That is an interesting question that I would love to pose to somebody at some point, and um, that's actually something to because uh, w- right after the schedule came out, I believe uh, Justin Kinder did the uh, the Reach the Horizon podcast with incoming uh, Commissioner Julie Rolash, and I don't believe that was a question that came up of okay, how did you determine who's not going to play? I don't think that came up unless I missed it. And I, I might have. I don't but, believe yeah. it came up as well either. So, so yeah. So as we again, as we alluded to, see, and I see. Yeah, I spent the first half of the podcast talking about you know the the schedule, assuming that everybody knew what we were talking about, and you know theoretically you guys did because we did put you know John Parker wrote a couple of things on HorizonRoundtable.com about it. So theoretically you guys heard about it, but sorry for assuming that. You, we were we had already discussed this, so um, so yeah. Starting in December, it's got, December nineteenth. It's going to be back to back games. Friday, it's going to start off Friday, Saturday, up until New Year's Day, and then they're going to switch over to. Uh, I'm sorry, it's Saturday, Sunday, and then they're going to switch January first to Friday, Saturday. I assume they're doing that because of the ESPN deal, because as we all know, ESPN broadcast the game of the week on on the Fridays, on the Friday nights. So presumably that's the reason they did it that way, and that's fine. So that that's going to be the schedule. The end of the season, and this is important, the end of the regular season will be February 20th. So that leads me to believe that the conference tournament itself, which is still scheduled to be in Indianapolis, Will there will be kind of a, a a considerable gap between the end of the regular season and the conference tournament? I'm thinking they they did that because of the COVID protocols. That gives them a chance to get to make sure everything's okay. I think it gives them the chance if anything happens, maybe with some a game being canceled for a week, maybe they can make it up. You know, it, 
the wiggle room. Yeah, and I think that's the reason they did that, and I think that that's that's the smart play. Absolutely. So you don't have to mess around with okay if you're gonna miss a couple okay if you're gonna miss a couple weeks if you're gonna miss that fine we'll spend the you'll we'll you know if we do not have a game a set of games that are happening that weekend awesome because again remember they're gonna be able to make up a couple of games there so it's it stands the reason that that's the case and keep in mind too and this is important is that. The way they have that set up is, I, I, and again, it looks, in the, I think testing protocol is going to be, I want to say it's going to be uniform across the conference. I would hope so. I would imagine and, so. Well, again, using Cleveland State as the basis, um, Dennis Gates had mentioned in the Terry Pluto column that at the beginning of the season, because they're testing weekly right now at Cleveland State, they're going to be testing three times a week. Now, I guess the question that I have is, is that going to be, is that a league wide, is that going to be something we're talking about league wide, or is that just going to be Cleveland State? I'd like to think that's going to be a league wide mandate where you're going to be testing people three times a week. I'd like to think that. I hope that's the case. I, uh, I don't know. And I don't think we'll ever officially hear anything. You know, I think it's just one of those things they're just going to let the teams know what they got to do, got to do. Yeah. Yeah, so I really do think I do I do believe honestly that we're gonna get to a situation where, you know, we're, we're gonna get to a point where there's gonna be some things change in 2021. I th- I would think. I mean, this can't drag on forever. Although I said that in March, and look where we are now. <laughs> Here we are. One infinity later. All right, we've actually had a lot of good stuff to talk about. You know, we're making things happen. That's all good. Yeah. That's true. From from our standpoint, like I said, from our standpoint, we've never been busier. But I mean, the rest of the world has just gone to hell in a handbasket, which is not great. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, it's that yin and yang thing. I wish you, you know. But anyway, the. So, yeah, it appears to me at this point in time, they, they the Horizon League has put together this conference schedule intentionally to make sure that all pro- they, they have protocols in place league-wide they have contingency plans for the event that they're not going to have any you know they're going to be games that are canceled and they left the dates of the conference tournament open so it's not like anything's going on at farmers coliseum you know they can probably make some things happen there you're absolutely right we're not at it exactly I think, yeah, you're not going to have to, you know, worry about the monster truck rallies this year. No, they're going to be willing to get them in and work around whatever schedule needs to happen to get something in their arena. Yeah, exactly. So it's a little different situation. It's a more fluid situation now. Isn't so, that kind of where we're at in this day and age? We, you know, we just always come back to it. Everything's a little fluid. We're just going to kind of work through it. And I'm okay with that. Um, no need to, you know, I, I don't assume that they're flying out, flying by the seat of their pants at this point. Everything has, they've had enough lead time that the, all of this is deliberate. It has to be. I mean, they didn't put together a committee to, you know, pull stuff out of their asses. You know, so 
they know what, I I'm working under the assumption that the that from a from a league hierarchy standpoint they know what they're doing they have a plan in place they have contingency plans in place so let her rip <laughs> so at the very least we're going to have games starting on December 19th and as of right now it's it looks like what it looks like is the structure that they have in place I'm okay with. And, and again, it's not like this is an original idea either. It's not like they're the ones who came up with it. I mean, they did come up with it, but they also look at some of the other conferences around around the country who are doing this exact same thing. And it's smart because, again, it minimizes it, it, it minimizes travel. It minimizes interaction. It's it's probably the best of all worlds. It's it's making the best of a bad situation, really. I mean, reality is, and going forward, maybe in the future, even if pandemic's not an issue, they might want to look at something like this just in terms of cost effectiveness and you know what is it, what does this do for the league? Yeah, it may be. Yeah, and that may be the and again, that's kind of the unintended thing that may come out of this entire this entire pandemic is where we are completely rethinking how sports are structured to begin with. I mean... And and, and, and if you're looking at it from a... If we're looking at it from a structural standpoint, if you're looking at it from a practicality standpoint, look at not just 2021, look at seasons moving forward. And... I'm not. I I don't see. I actually do see where some of these things that we put in place this season, just because of the unique situation that we're in, just because of the shit hitting the fan. I can see some of this stuff getting replicated, moving into subsequent seasons. This would put student athletes back in the classroom longer. Yeah, exactly. That is. And that is a that is probably the most important part of this, is that the way this is set up, you're minimizing travel, and more importantly, you're minimizing the amount of time the student athletes are out of the classroom. So I think from an academic standpoint, I really see some benefits here that I. I wouldn't be surprised if we see replicated after this season. I mean, yeah, especially at a mid-major level. It's not like you're making a ton of revenue, you know. Yeah. Uh, IUPUI is not making a ton of revenue on the return game from Robert Morris. You know, like, so maybe we don't worry so much about where we're playing these games and yeah. what are the, the, the better benefits of it. Well, the other thing, too, and I think you brought up the fan thing. I think there's a revenue benefit from it. Not obviously not this season, but moving forward, where if you have, say, a if you have a weekend series where you can capture the maximum amount of attendance in your at your venue, because obviously Friday night, uh, Friday nights, set all day Saturday, all day Sunday, especially you know in the lull of winter when there's practically not that much going on. And you have an opportunity to maximize your attendance at your – these are – you know, Friday through Sunday, the weekends are 
and I'm, I'm sure everybody will objectively agree, are the best times to be able to capture that audience. And I think if, you know, don't get me wrong, I mean, Thursday nights were okay, but you're not going to get as many fans to a game as you would, say, a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday evening. You're just not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, if you ignore the TV thing, like, you know, if, if it's not a blizzard, you, you get a Saturday night game and a Sunday afternoon, you got one hotel hotel room. Exactly. You know? you, exactly. You, you, got, you got the makings of maybe some people making some trips. Exactly. I mean, and especially now when you have so many industries, I mean, you have so many hospitality-centered industries that are hurting right now, if you look at this and you look at something that could be replicated that would not only benefit your attendance figures moving forward, but also kind of the the periphery industries that would benefit from this, I, I the possibilities are endless. Obvi- again, obviously this season is going to be a wash, you know, revenue-wise, but think about it, think about it moving forward. It, it stands to reason that it's probably not a bad idea to think about this. So, so that's the, that's the schedule in general. the The preseason poll, the official one from the Horizon League, is kind of an interesting situation. So, yeah, yeah I mean, if I look at what we put together and what they put together, it's not a whole lot of dev. I mean, there's there's a little bit of deviation, but there's not a lot. No, um, I mean, the league is pretty pretty well known what it, what everyone's expecting. No yeah, one's expecting I mean, outside of me. Outside of me, nobody is expecting anything too crazy. Yeah, I mean, by and large, the top the top looks the same. The bottom kind of looks the same. Uh, the league swapped uh, at uh, swapped uh, Milwaukee and Fort Wayne at tenth and eleventh. Um, the only one that I thought was kind of interesting is that the the official poll had Northern Kentucky third. I believe. When, when we had where did we have them? I believe had them what sixth or something. Yeah, they're in that little middle pack there. There, yeah, there we had them sixth. Uh, we had Cleveland State finishing four fifth, and they had them finishing seventh. Or was it fourth? Yes, it was fourth. Uh, Robert Morris, they had finishing. We had them finishing third. We they had them fourth. So it's just a couple of little things that it was just kind of a little some little deviations. But by and large, you know, it's you can make an argument for the uh, the Horizon League poll and our poll of what we put together, what we thought. But by and large, top from the uh, at the top, they thought you know one and two was going to be Wright State and Youngstown State. We completely agree. Um, the bottom is going to be any variation of Milwaukee, Fort Wayne, and IUPUI. We, we might quibble a little bit about the positioning of the bottom three, but by and large, we're in agreement there. So even with that, I guess the other question, the question that I would have is that now that we have the schedule structure in place, the question that I would have is how do you square that, the, the preseason polling with the scheduling that came out and when you look at these rosters, how does that square with that exactly? Because you could see, 
you could see the way the schedule is structured, potential depth issues in schools that might have gotten placed higher in the higher in the preseason polls than they may actually end up. I mean, in some ways, when you're putting this together, you know, you, you can only account for so much, you know. That's like saying, you know, well, what if so-and-so gets hurt? Then they shouldn't, they wouldn't make the all-league team. So why would I put them? You're, you're predicting things you really just can't control or can't predict. So at some point you just go, look, I think this team's better than this team. This team's better than this team. I think this player's better than this player. And you put it together. And then, you know, what? when it all gets put together at the end of the year and you you compare it, you you see how you did. But, you know, we're all just we're all just guessing when we put these two yeah. together and you know, the horizon league putting that out is, is a conglomeration of guesses all compiled together, just like how we do ours, you know, and yeah. there it's, you can't base it on the schedule. You can't be like, Oh, well no depth is a bigger issue. Well, depth probably was going to be a factor to some level anyway, even if it's talking getting into the, you know, three days in the tournament or whatever. So, you know, it's, I, I, I know what you mean, but at some point you just go, look, which which teams are going to be better? And I, I think the yeah. Horizon League generally agrees with us, and that, that's cool. Again, I'm I'm, I'm going to be the one that looks really stupid or really smart, and usually the person that tries to be the smartest man in the room, it doesn't work out well. So that'll be me again this year in Northern Kentucky. Won't let me forget it, and that's fine. That's totally okay. Actually, didn't you, didn't you personally have Northern Kentucky higher this year? Higher than what? No, I, I dropped them pretty low. Oh. I had Gotcha. Okay. I had them like. 10. I wasn't sure. <laughs> Hold on, I, I gotta look, but I I had them lower than anybody wanted me to have them, including people on our own uh, team. Yeah. Where, where did I have? Oh no, I had them in eleventh. Oh yeah. No yeah, I had them in the basement. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna Horizon League overall things third. I had them in eleventh. I'm gonna look bad. It's fine. It's I'm used to it. Well, that's all right. You, yeah, you, you, you incur the wrath of Norse Nation. I will be incurring the wrath of the of UIC fans because I personally had, I personally have them picked tenth, and collectively we picked them fifth, and so did the conference. By the way, um, so yeah, Oops. that's why we do it with with the overall group and not just Matt's. You know, I put out my pick, but my picks aren't the Horizon's picks. You know, our the Horizon Roundtable yeah. picks are. Are all yeah. of ours for a reason because you know we when Carrick puts Detroit Mercy first, you know, fine, but the rest of us have them in you know tenth, so water finds its level. Yeah, exactly. So, also it gives us an you know it should get theoretically it should give all of our all of the people we have voting in our in our poll the ability to hide, and yet we do it we just post ours anyway. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not gonna hide from it. Please have you have you met me on Twitter at least? Like yeah. I don't hide. No, I I I will I I was of the opinion that I'm not posting mine. If you want to hear what I have to say about what who I think it should be picked, you know what? Listen to the podcast. That's a, that's like a teaser. I'll talk. That's professional it's, work. It's, it's, thank you, and that's and that's why I did it that way. Um, as far as the all league teams, again, uh. It's a. It was an exact match on the first team. We we picked the same guys, and the Horizon League picked the same guys on the first team. We picked Loud and Love to be preseason player of the year. So did the league. That no, does not make us smart, by the way. Everyone has Loud and Love. I don't. I haven't seen a single uh, prediction from any publication that has varied from that one. It's his to again, for sure. But and that's fine, and I'm okay with that. I mean, it's it's. it's Kind of a no-brainer, safe pick. He was the he was the player of the year last year. He's the player. We picked him the preseason player of the year this year. It's I mean, it makes sense. If but not again, love, then who for you? 
Um, and depending upon how, again, this depends upon how Detroit Mercy does Antoine Davis. This, it, it, and I hate to say this, but yeah, I hate to say that the best player in the league is, I do think that the best player in the league is Antoine Davis, but I have to say, unless Detroit Mercy does something more than they did last season, that's going to, that's going to be an anchor on him. Because I think we've had this conversation about how do you pick a guy, how do you pick the best player in the league as the player of the year when his team is not doing well? And that's the situation I found myself in with Detroit Mercy last season. So I think it's contingent upon that. I do. I really do. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but obviously Antoine Davis is a first-teamer. No-brainer there. Darius Quisenberry, again, perfect match between us and the league. He's a first-teamer, of course. Marcus Burke was too. Amari Davis was too. So yeah, we were 5 for 5 with the conference. That was awesome. The second team, and we've talked about this, where we got nine, we got 4 out of 5. We got 4 out of 5, and the fifth one... Because we got AJ Brahma, we got Al Eichelberger. I was super happy about that, by the way. Um, we got Tijon Lucas. Um, oh crud! Who was the fourth one? I can't remember. Rashad. Rashad Williams. We got him again. Perfect match. The only difference, and I totally understand this because I know we probably struggled with this internally, is that we picked Dante Tracy from Robert Morris for the second team, and the league picked Nas Bohannon. Totally understandable, because not because you know, I I'm totally good with that. Here's the thing: I have never seen. Well, I'm not gonna say never. I find it very unlikely that the at the end of the year you have two players from a team make all league that doesn't win. Yeah. So if you're gonna put Youngstown State in second place, you're not gonna put two players on the all league team. You're not. And I think it was a little disrespectful to Robert Morris um, to overlook some of the, their talent coming in. That's true. Exactly, which is why we had A.J. Brahma and Dante Tracy on our second team. Because yeah. I think Robert Morris is going to have a good year next year. But and, again, conversely, Youngstown State is going to is picked to finish second, and we can totally understand that too. So it makes, to me at least, it makes sense that, you know, obviously Darius Quisenberry is a no-brainer. And I know last week we can make it, for weeks we have made an argument about the, about Nas Bohannon. I totally get that one, and I totally get that one, and I'm totally good with that. Um, and it seems to me that that and, – and the fact that he's been – again, he is probably the most underrated player in this conference, and that's just because everybody keeps leaving him off of their lists. <laughs> and – and it's not, uh, and I can't, I can't say that that is an issue with. I, I think that's more of an issue of the talent within the conference because we left a lot of people off of that list. You have to, you know, we talked about this one. Uh, I mean, we didn't even, we, again, we didn't even talk about the guys that are coming in. We didn't talk about, you know, the potential of a Tavion Kirk, uh, uh, one of the transfers, Tavion Kirk from UIC. We haven't scratched the surface with Demoy Hodge over at Cleveland State. We haven't talked a lot about. We haven't even we 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 
we didn't mention Jared Godfrey over at Purdue Fort Wayne, who could have it. Who was who is their leading scorer and is definitely a guy you want to look out for. We didn't talk about a lot of those guys, and it's not because we. It's not because we don't think they're as, we don't think they're as good as the guys in the second team. Because I don't think that's true. I think there is enough talented players in this conference that could warrant that should warrant a third team. I mean, we, and just beyond that, again, you know, Jalen Minette at IUPUI, absolutely. You know, there are a lot of different people that we could, uh, Tanner Holden, nobody mentioned Tanner Holden for Bryce State. I mean, it, it, it kind of, I mean, you got to remember, these are awards. It, it's not a yeah. participation trophy. There's 10 spots for 12 teams. Yeah. You're probably your ten best players. You're probably gonna have one player from each team. It's gonna be your best player. Yeah. If you put two two players from one team on, that means you're leaving out three teams likely, and that team better be the first first place team because you can't tell me that one team that's not in first place has two two top players in the league because it's so there's a problem. Yeah, yeah, we totally yeah we totally shut out yeah everybody shut out Northern Kentucky and you know you got Trayvon Faulkner who could probably who could who's easy who could easily be in an art who you could easily make a case for for an all for an all league spot. So yeah, we're gonna miss a bu- you know, we are gonna miss something. Not only us and I'm talking about us in the global I'm looking I'm talking about us in the global sense if we're being yeah, honest. Yeah. It's up to the players if they care, which they shouldn't care. I always say if you need billboard or you need bulletin board material, then you're already doing it wrong. But you know exactly. what if they care then show up, play the game and, and beat somebody and, and prove that you you know if that award means something you show up and, and get yourself the award. And really it shouldn't mean anything. You go out and win games for your team. Exactly. Worry about the awards at the end of the season. Don't worry about them at the beginning of the season. Most of the time, we're just talking out of our asses. <laughs> and also at the end of the season. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, that's true, too. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Unfortunately, we had no Tony Paul this week. Um, when he pops up, we're going to get him on here. Um, next episode, by the way, Horizon Boy. And you weren't here for the last time Horizon Boy was on. No. But he's definitely going to be on. You definitely don't want to miss that. I'm sure he's got some... I'm sure he's got some picks and predictions of his own that I am definitely looking forward to hearing. Are we talking about our, our Horizon Roundtable pooling of money that he's going to bet for us and, and all that? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, that's a good question that we will reveal next week. <laughs> we will reveal next episode. So, um, again, subscribe to us wherever podcasts are available. You definitely want to catch uh, get on HorizonRoundtable.com. We're cranking out content by we i mean john <laughs> I he's, working on, he's working on breakout players now so yeah you definitely want to mention that because we because i know he meant this past week he already talked about dante tracy and trayvon faulkner i know he's working on a few of them a few more uh you definitely don't want to miss that so horizonroundtable.com and you know pull us up on your amazon or google devices you could do that it's awesome so that's the thing that is so that's going to do it for us and thank you for listening <laughs>